have you been a regular listener to the program, you've heard me use the term cult of COVID and mask COVIDians. Well, today I'm going to explain why. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, as we begin today's program, I just want to mention today is January the 6th. Uh, For those that are in the Christian faith, it is also known as the Day of Epiphany. I'm going to spend just a couple of minutes here at the beginning of the program on that. Then I'm going to move into what I call the cult of COVID. Well, Epiphany is known as the manifestation of Jesus to the Gentiles. And this is celebrated after the 12 days of Christmas are over. Matter of fact, for those that remember that Christmas song, The 12 Days of Christmas, that begins on Christmas Day and ends on January the 5th, which is the 12th day of Christmas. The next day is the Feast of the Epiphany. Today also marks the one-year anniversary of the alleged insurrection at the Capitol. Now, it's funny that during 2020, when courthouses are being destroyed, police cars set on fire, uh, just all that went on in the summer of 2020, the same Democrats like Nancy Pelosi praised and encouraged all these riots You know, because it's all to end racism, you understand. That's why we loot stores, steal TV sets, burn cars, and kill people. That happened too. But see, nobody nobody wanted to talk about that. At least not on the Democrat side of the equation. But man, do they love to talk about January the 6th. The great insurrection. We're going to subpoena everybody. And anybody, and phone records, we've got to get to the bottom of this insurrection. Well, there's almost as much of a cult surrounding the January 6th insurrection as there is for the cult of COVID. Now you're saying, what do you mean a cult? Well, let's let's look at things a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Let's take a realistic look at what happened on January 6th and the things that we have figured out after the fact. Number one, there were a lot of things said that were not true about all these people that were killed by the rioters and protesters. Well, that never happened. We heard about a a Capitol Police officer who was allegedly hit with a fire extinguisher and killed. That turned out not to be true. The only person that was actually killed was a protester by a Capitol Police officer and the whitewashed job they gave him to be exonerated wouldn't pass the smell test even in a, shall we say, a corrupt blue city. But here we are, one year later. And the more I look at this and the more I've paid attention to some of the details that kind of slip out. Even the mainstream news occasionally has let a few little cats out of the bag. Here's what I am coming to conclude based on the information I have in front of me now. And I'm sure you've read and seen the things that I have. There's some things I'm not certain about, but here's what I am convinced. Nancy Pelosi 
Speaker of the House. She's kind of in charge of the Capitol Police and security. Was told on multiple occasions to increase security at the Capitol. Just on general principle. I mean, after all, you're going to be having a rally that day, that morning, before the Senate meets to discuss and certify the election. A lot of hot tempers, and rightfully so. There was so much evidence, or at least apparent evidence, that things did not go all that well in the 2020 election. You know, I saw a story just a couple of days ago, and, and it piqued my interest because we, we spend a lot of our time in the mountains of Georgia. I spent many years of my life in Northeast Georgia working for Toccoa Falls College, a number of radio stations. So I know the area very well into the Carolinas and, and Northeast Georgia. And it's an area that I do enjoy, and I've got a lot of friends still there. But something about the Georgia election just absolutely reeked. I mean, stunk to high heaven. The governor of the state of Georgia was the former Secretary of State. And the new Secretary of State, Brad Rassenberger, just seems to be in over his head. And, and watching the things that are coming out, you know, they kept trying to say our elections were solid and honest and fair and perfect and you can't complain about our elections. How dare you, how dare you in, impugn our reputations? As a matter of fact, and this may be a dangerous move, there's somebody in the Fulton County um, election office that is threatening to sue people if they should sully the reputation of the Fulton County you know, election people. I say bring it on because that would force discovery in a court of law. I don't think that's anything you really want to have happen. You can't rely on your friends at MSNBC uh, to defend you in court. You're going to have to rely strictly on the facts and the merits of the case. And if people are saying that the election was stolen or fraudulent or irregular, let it come out in court in discovery. I'd love to see that. Because I don't think, you, you can make all the threats you want that I'm going to sue somebody. It all sounds good. Until you take it into court, it's just words. It's just rhetoric. It's just a bunch of background noise. So we see... Like I say, I'm just going to tie this whole election stuff together. Little story snuck out in the news earlier this week. See, I made mention of just one ballot box where some information had come out about how just a few people had been using this wonderful, highly secure uh, off-site ballot box between midnight and 5 a.m. and how 19,000 ballots arrived in those in that box with just a handful of people dumping the ballots in. Well, there's more than one of those that are coming to the attention of Brad <laughs> at the Secretary of State's office. And he's going to get to the bottom of it by jiggers if it's the last thing I do. Those ballot boxes, there's no doubt in my mind, broke the law in Georgia 
on what is called ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting. You know, looking for people that are not going to vote, take their ballot, fill it out, dump it in the box. Buy some ballots. Go to nursing homes. Whatever it takes. We're going to get the vote out. Well, there's no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt in my mind that there was ballot harvesting in several of the counties in the metropolitan Atlanta area. Fulton being the worst, probably a few in in Gwinnett and Cobb as well. And who knows what went on in DeKalb County. But that's just, that's just it. We don't know. And every time someone wants to investigate it, Brad Raffsenberger and the governor have done their best to deflect. Of course, they also brag this year, hey, we fixed the Georgia election law. Well, wait a minute. If it was so perfect and wonderful, you didn't need to fix it, did you? So which is it? Brian Kemp, I hope, I hope will have a primary challenger. The same for the Secretary of State. Neither one of those two deserve to remain in office. They have been a horrific disappointment to the people of the state of Georgia. I know Jody Heiss, congressman from the, uh, from the 10th District, is leaving that office and he's running. He's running for Secretary of State. And I, I really think that he's got a good shot. And I'll be interested to see what vets out before long in the race for the governor's mansion in the state of Georgia, the Peach State. So just to conclude what I was trying to say, riots are fine. Burning and looting are just wonderful because it's all in the name of social justice and ending racism. But if you dare challenge the election, that's an insurrection. But here's the other part. Besides the false narratives of people that died, yeah, when you have a crowd, I want you to think, if you live in a city of, let's say, three, 400,000, 500,000, it's not uncommon for somebody in a town of 500,000 people to have a fatal heart attack or a stroke. Well, that happened to a couple of people in that crowd of hundreds of thousands But see, they're added to, quote, the death count of the insurrection. It's only Ashley Babbitt who was shot and killed by a Capitol police officer, and she was unarmed. There's some other things that I'm getting very suspicious about. I have been, and I haven't had the time to really put together a full program on it. But I think a lot of people knew this was coming and they wanted to egg it on and make it worse. They were, they were desperately needing this to put an end to looking for voter fraud. We must have this insurrection to shut it down. Make examples out of anybody that would challenge the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. I'm going to come out and say it. The majority of those that are in the Congress of the United States are traitors to this nation. They're absolute traitors to this nation. They're unfit to serve in office. They're wokeness. They're social justice warring. They're they're race baiting. They're transgenderism in schools and, and all this other idiotic nonsense. They are either idiots or they are traitors. 
but we all know they're reprobates. And the same can be said for at least half, if not more, of the United States Senate, including a few Republicans. They are also reprobates and worthless. Republicans in name only, rhinos. Conservative every six years when I'm running for re-election. Then they go back into their swamp and pat each other on the back. Well, I've had about enough of these rhinos. I will never vote for one. I just won't do it. If you're not pro-life, you will never get my vote. If you're wishy-washy on certain issues that are vital, like freedom, the freedoms that were taken away in the name of a pandemic, will we ever get them back? It's kind of like we're going to take five of your freedoms away and give you one of them back. You still lost four. And the damage that has been done to children is just unforgivable, at least in human standards. When is this, when is this cult of COVID going to be shown for what it is? Why is it that treatments that work are being shut down by the Fauci's of this world, the big frauds like Fauci. Fauci is a government credence and a reprobate and unfit to be in, in that job. He should be fired. He's got a terrible reputation since the day of AIDS back in the 80s. The guy is a clown. The guy is a shill. And I would dare say that because the FDA and the CDC uh, tends to be funded by those that they're supposed to regulate, well, they're no longer a fair and biased source. You know, I saw something the other day. I just, th- just thought about this. I-, I was looking at somebody's... I use Facebook just to kind of get a feel for what people are thinking and keep in touch with a few friends. And I saw something that really piqued my interest there was this person making a comment. I really don't know who this person is, but they were making a comment and and bragging about, I just got my Pfizer booster shot because it's the FDA-approved vaccine. Now, if you've listened to this program, you know that that's a fraud. That's a bait and switch. They lied. It was a dog and pony show, a fake press conference to make people believe that the Pfizer vaccine was now FDA approved, a vaccine you still cannot get in the United States. And as far as I'm concerned, even if you could, I still wouldn't take it. If you're still getting the booster or any of that stuff, you're still getting the emergency use authorization, you take at your own risk, and you cannot sue anybody. Your employer, if they mandate it, the vaccine manufacturer, if it causes harm or death, or the government officials that said emergency use authorization, you sign your rights away. And so here is this wonderful person talking about, I just got my FDA approved Pfizer booster shot. She was deceived and lied to and believes the lie to this day from this past summer. 
This person lives in the cult of COVID. That somehow they believe, they, they really believe, they really believe that the vaccine will, will stop it. It'll end the spread. Then explain to me how a, a cruise liner with a staff that's 100% vaccinated with passengers that had to be 100% vaccinated out on the open seas has an outbreak of COVID. The vaccines are a dismal failure, but they're profitable for the companies that make them. And I think that their love of money, which is the root of all evil, the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Their love of all those billions of dollars in never-before-seen profits, they want to start jabbing your three-year-old. If you ask the question, so what will happen to a three-year-old in 10 years when they're 13? Will there be any long-term effects that we need to know about? And the heck if we know. This is the testing phase, and you're the test. Cult of COVID. I said it before, it's like asking me to wear a winter jacket because you're cold for me to get my shot to make yours work. It's like in the in the allergy season, you know, you got you to take your allergy pills uh, so I don't have an allergy. None of this makes any sense. Yet the cult of COVID keeps saying the same nonsense over and over and over again so, so eloquently with such force. And people believe it. People fall for this nonsense. What good is this vaccine to a young child? Let's start right there. Why is there this wish that all little children be jabbed with this unknown, long-term experiment in gene therapy? You know, and when people say, it's not a gene therapy, well, what do you call an mRNA, a messenger RNA to impact the DNA of a cell? What do you call it? Is there another name I'm missing here? You don't, this is one of those areas, you don't have to have 50 years experience, just a little bit of common sense. And look at some numbers. Why in a place where you have virtual 100% vaccination rates are you having all these massive breakthrough cases? And why are we even concerned about cases when 90-some-odd percent of them are easily treated at home? You don't go to the hospital. You don't get deathly ill. You don't die. From firsthand experience within our own family, It is not treating somebody with COVID that could become deadly. We've known how to treat it. We have successfully, I'm reading stories and I want to, I'm going to vet these out. There's a probability they're true. And I like to be, I like to get past 80% certainty, like to 90, 95% certainty. But I've been getting multiple information that in the NFL, they're using ivermectin to treat their COVID victims of the NFL. 
it's been used by members of Congress that would deny it to you, but not to themselves. What does that tell you? And why has ivermectin been... I read another Facebook post, somebody talking about that very topic. And so football players, uh, they need to take horse dewormer. It shows just how intellectually bankrupt people are. They don't read. They don't research. They just go through life doing their little jobs. They don't want the real news. They just live off sound bites and headlines. And whatever the TV tells me, I believe it. Like I thought it was horse dewormer. It's like that picture that came out this past August. You know, August of 2021. And, and it said all these people are, are, are lining up to be treated for gunshot wounds, but they can't get in because the hospital is overwhelmed with horse dewormer patients that are dying of, of overdosing on a horse dewormer. You remember that picture? And I looked at the picture and said, this doesn't look right. Now, remember, this was, I think it was Rolling Stone magazine had it. A couple of others picked it up. And so you got all these people standing outside of this hospital somewhere in the Midwest, all wearing their face diapers, all looking at their phones, I might add, too. And they're waiting, they're, they're waiting to get you know, treated for gunshot wounds. Now, how many people stand outside uh, wearing a face diaper, looking at their telephone, keeping their social distance of six feet apart, uh, waiting to get in for being treated for gunshot wounds and the hospital can't let them in because, oh, we got all these horse dewormer patients in here. What kind of nonsense is that? Horse dewormer, well, it turns out none of it was true. There were no gunshot patients waiting outside of the hospital. And the other problem was, this story came out in August when a lot of people were talking about ivermectin. And everybody's wearing a winter jacket <laughs> and they're wearing gloves. I didn't know that it was that cold in the Midwest in August, but I guess it is. I didn't know that many people lined up outside the hospital uh, about nine o'clock in the morning uh, for their gunshot wounds. But the media thinks you're stupid enough to believe it because they've, they've been hypnotizing so many people we use the term on this program. Others have used it. You're seeing a lot about it lately. I've, I've seen, we, we've talked about it months ago. Mass formation. Everybody's getting involved with mass formation. You know, this idea if, if, that if you keep saying the lie big enough, loud enough, long enough, and you start dividing people, the cool people believe in the vaccine. Only the evil people and the less desirables are unvaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated, you're a leper. You must shout unclean. Then you look at that morally bankrupt reprobate of a president in France, Macron. He's going to make life miserable for anybody that's not jabbed. Why does he want to kill so many people? Because the vaccines certainly are not the big savior. There's a story I'm sure many of you have shared it with me. Once again, I'm trying to follow it through because I'm not going to say that it's true or not. But several sources 
a few that I have found to be generally quite good. Talk about an insurance company in the Midwest that's noticed a dramatic increase in, in deaths of people 18 to 64. And not of COVID, by the way. You know, from all kinds of causes, strokes, heart attacks, you name it, other diseases, cancers. And this is an unprecedented rise. Now, I've seen numbers tossed around a 40% increase. Whether that's true or not, I don't know yet. But I've heard this from other places as well that, you know, we got a lot of people in this hospital with a lot of strange ailments, got a lot more heart patients than we normally have had, especially in younger men under 40, like the likes they have not seen in a, in a long time. So the question is, what gives? What gives? You know, there's a study out that has shown that the serious heart problem called myocarditis in men under 40 soars with each dose of the COVID mRNA vaccine and is sharply higher. Now catch this, especially in the under 40 crowd, really under 50, and is sharply higher than the risk from COVID infection itself. Sharply higher, not slightly, sharply higher. In other words, you take the vaccine believing you're going to become COVID proof. I'm COVID free. I can go to the restaurant. I can go party. I can have my life back because I've had my third booster or fourth or whatever it is. But with each shot you take, your risk your risk to your heart keeps growing. If you had one shot, your risk declines over time. You take a second shot, your risk is now elevated even beyond what the first one was. Get your third, it elevates a little higher again and a little higher again. And then you got these clowns running around saying, well, maybe we'll have shots every three to four months forever. This big pharma needs the money. Big Pharma doesn't care about you. They care about their bottom line. Big Pharma doesn't want to create cures. They want to create customers. And what a better way to do it. Have the government and your employer mandate you must take this stuff three times a year. Forever. Because you know this pandemic is never going to be allowed to go away. And we're going to use leaky vaccines to create even more variants, which is what's happening. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist just to look at basic, elementary, easy-to-understand facts. You don't have to have a PhD in virology to look at the numbers. If this vaccine worked like a smallpox vaccine worked back in the day, an attenuated version of a virus, not some kind of oddball stuff like they're, they're doing, not an mRNA. This is unprecedented technology on human beings. We have never done this before. The fact they call it a vaccine is also, in my opinion, a serious misnomer. 
Because by the old definition, before it got modified quietly, these would never be considered a vaccine. But no, you got Joy Bear on The View. Get your vaccine. The vaccine will save lives. It'll keep you from getting COVID. Well, then why are all these breakthrough cases happening? Look, even Israel is beginning to back off the idea of all these boosters. They're beginning to see a trend that they're not comfortable with. This elevation in other diseases and a lot of people dying. That doesn't make any sense. And they're not dying of COVID. It's a cult. It's a religion. It's got a creed. It's got a set of rules. It's got its own holy books. And it's got prophets like like Fauci and others. We'll talk about that more on the other side. I'll be thoroughly honest. I haven't had a good rant and rave in a long time. And I didn't think I had it in me today. I had a few things I want to share, still do, about this cult of COVID and a couple of other topics as well. I think we really kind of need to get into a few things because they all, in a very strange way, as they swirl around, they relate into each other. From critical race theory to transgenderism and the stuff that's going on there, the vaccines and this worship of the vaccines, this separating of people, Ooh, clean, unclean. You're a good citizen. You're a bad citizen. We're going to make your life a living hell on this earth if you don't comply and get the shots. That's where it's heading. And then you have people say, well, this is the mark of the beast, or this is this, or this is that, and 5G turned on this and turned on that. And I, I, I dealt with that just today. Oh, oh man. You know, I, and, and I know I get some people upset when I talk about it, but I, I, I have to. Because there's a lot of things we need to be deeply concerned about and a lot of things that are not worth your time. In the grand scheme of things, they're highly meaningless. And there's a lot of things said that, you know, are technically untrue. That's why before I talk about any of this medical stuff, I talk to people that know, know the field and are respected and have years of experience and can put it into layman's language so I can explain it to you. And I want to do that with a lot of topics. Now, I'm going to give you our mailing address. By the way, it, I, I'm still I'm thankful for all of you that email and, and keep the emails coming in on how you're listening. Are you listening on KVOH? Are you listening on uh, KYAH out of Delta, Utah? Are you listening on WRMI? If so, what time, what frequency, if you know? And roughly, where do you live? You know, maybe I maybe you live in Michigan, or you live in Ohio, or North Carolina, or California, or Texas. Just kind of let me know where you're hearing the program. And also, if you're hearing the program as a podcast. I've been noticing lately that number is growing. Not by super leaps and bounds, but it's going at a nice, steady pace. And so you can share that with your friends as well. If you want to help us pay for airtime, we have a mailing address. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753. That's 5753, Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That's number 3248. And you can send that to Crestview, Florida, 
57532536. Once again, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The other side of the door, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. A story from the Arabian Nights with a biblical lesson. A young man enters a room. An old man is standing by a door. He's miserable. And the guy asks, what's wrong? The old man says, I, I can't tell you, but whatever you do, don't open that door. Well, the man is curious. The young man opens the door and he finds himself in this beautiful island with fruits, everything he needed, and a mansion. And And one day he goes in the mansion and there's there's a door. And the man says, don't go in that door. And the, the guy thinks, well, wait a minute. I, the last one was great. So he opens the door and he walks in and it's a beautiful land and he's welcomed as king. He marries a beautiful queen and he has multitudes of servants. And one day he's in the palace and he sees a door and this guy says, don't go in that door. He says, the guy thinks, you know what? It's got to be better. So he opens opens that door up and he finds himself back in the original place and he can never open the door again. And so he's miserable like the old man sitting there. Well, the truth is, you know, when you dwell on what you don't have, you can never be filled. Proverbs 5.11 says, drink waters from your own cistern. The secret of joy's life in the Lord is drink water from your own cistern. Stop dwelling on the woman you don't have. Rejoice in the wife you do. Stop dwelling on the home you don't have. Start rejoicing the home you do. Stop dwelling on the blessings you don't have. Start thanking God for the blessings you do have. You know what? God has blessed you. Give thanks. That's heaven. You see, if God's in your life, there's heaven in your life. Don't miss it longing for what you don't have and miss what you do. Want more? Ask for waters from your own cistern. Now, the free gift for you. The most incredible evidence of Messiah. Incredible in the hidden writings of the rabbis, what they would never tell you, the signs and wonders that point to Jesus. The mystery of the temple doors, it's yours free. Plus, Sapphire is guaranteed to give you the power of victorious life, all free. How do you get this? All free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world, salvation to five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You can touch the world, blanket the earth with the gospel. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is John. Jonathan Khan saying, rejoice in your blessings. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Adon Olam, the Lord of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Okay, I, I will admit when I hear music like that, it brings me back, oh, I don't know, about um, 45, 46 years ago, back when I was an up-and-coming uh, top 40 disc jockey, 
and we played music that sounded a lot like that. I remember those days. And I'll admit that I did have a lot of fun on the radio. It was a, it was a different time than we have today. We didn't have a lot of records and music out there uh, full of profanity. Uh, we didn't have people riding in their cars up and down the streets with these big subwoofers that just knocked the windows in your house around at 11 o'clock at night. You didn't have that kind of stuff that bad. Oh, yeah, you had some people with bad tailpipes and other things, but it was a different time, and, and it was a different feel in the communities in which I lived. I can remember where I lived at, where I was working at at that time. I didn't worry about locking the doors to my car. Matter of fact, I'll, I'm going to admit this. You may think I'm crazy, but I lived in a town where I used to leave my keys in the car so I wouldn't lose them. It's just how it was. But I wouldn't do that today. I wouldn't do that until I have the alarm set and I've got the keys in my pocket and I've double-checked the beeps and the lights and everything else because even in some of the, quote, safer neighborhoods, they're not as safe as they used to be because people, people don't have the moral compass that they once had decades ago. We, we used to have boundaries, and a lot of people respected those boundaries. And we didn't do or say things in public. I was, I was in a store today picking up some supplies for the job we are doing in Okeechobee, Florida. And you got these contractor types there. And, and, and I can remember the language and some of the things that I heard, oh, when I was a kid, and I'd be in those kind of stores with my dad. He was a builder. But the level of the language has just gone down. And, and the language used today is just a lot more profane than it used to be. And nobody has a filter anymore in mixed company. They don't care if there are children or young ladies around. They just, they just speak their mind with no filter. And I think that's what we become. You know... I spent the first part of the program talking about the anniversary today of the so-called insurrection at the Capitol. And, and I'm one of those type that I, I'm leaning toward it was an inside job. There's so many unanswered questions about certain people that you never hear talked about again. They were never arrested, but man, they were doing some pretty serious stuff. Were they FBI agents? Were they undercover who were these people egging on this protest and, and letting people in? There's a lot about January the 6th that was designed for the optics, designed for the optics to change the narrative. Because the elites of this world, those that want to run your life, they want to be considered royalty, they will use the media to set the narrative and they didn't want the narrative of a stolen election out there, so they had to make it out an insurrection. And so we'd stop talking about what may have happened in places like, oh, I don't know, Philadelphia or Detroit or Atlanta or Maricopa County, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Things that, there, there are stories that came out of Pennsylvania, for example. Why was a truckload of ballots driven from Long Island, New York, to somewhere in Pennsylvania, and when the guy went to pick up his rig, the trailer's gone. Full of ballots. Where do those ballots go? Who, who do they belong to? Where do they end up at? 
There are a lot of these, 100,000 of them, I, I might add, too. And so we have all these strange stories that we're just being told, don't don't look there. You, you're not seeing what you're seeing. No, the, those ballots that were under the table, they're, they're all legit. Don't you know that we always hide ballots under a table and then kick everybody out so we can count those ballots two or three times? That's what it looked like. I mean, you can look at the video, watch it in its entirety. You see the ballots come out and how many times did the same ballots go through the same machine? Doesn't make any sense. And in Georgia, Brad Rassenberger goes, oh, it was all it was all just above board. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I know long before the election, there was a falling out between Governor Kemp and President Trump. And, you know, he reminds me of like George W. Bush, who bragged that he voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. He voted for Biden. He probably voted for Hillary Clinton, too. Because, see, he proved himself to be loving that swamp. He knew how to talk about being a compassionate conservative while getting us into overseas wars that took thousands of lives. And what did we ever get for it? We got Joe Biden to give us a terrible exit out of Afghanistan that cost lives what is it, $64 billion or $85 billion, I can't remember the exact number, of free military hardware for the Taliban. Totally botched. Totally botched effort. And then he got General Milley, thoroughly modern Milley, more concerned about critical race theory and my white anger than he is about defending our nation. How these people ever rise to those levels of power and rank is beyond me. I don't think that kind of stuff would be allowed to happen 50 years ago, but it does now. We've turned the military into a political machine. I read an article, I guess it was in the um, Washington Times, an article that said how many people believe that Joe Biden uses the FBI as his personal Gestapo. You want to know something? With the reprobate in charge of our Justice Department, I could believe that. And I think the, the evidence is beginning to build in that direction that these departments that are supposed to be used for our, our safety, our protection to lower crime, are now being used to silence opposition and make people afraid to speak their minds. Then you have the tech tyrants, the tech tyrants, you know, you know who they are at Facebook and Twitter and other places. They want to they want to set the narrative. They don't want they're not going to let you debate climate change. I mean, it's a settled science to them. Either you believe that it's man-made climate change and in the United States we're we're all the bad guys. We have to do without. We have to get our electric cars in the next 10 years with a failing power grid that can't handle it. What do they think they're going to do in 10 years? Wind power, you saw how well that worked last winter in, uh, in Texas. They had some issues, remember? West Texas, they had a blizzard. And all the wind turbines stopped turning. The sun wasn't shining enough to run the panels. And all the natural gas facilities they took offline 
Well, they couldn't get him back online fast enough to keep people from losing power for days. I wonder how many of the Washington elites worry about losing their power. I wonder how many of them have generators. And, oh, yeah, then you got, you got California. They want it, they're they're going to ban gasoline-powered lawnmowers. Yeah, that's the ticket. And weed eaters, too. They don't want gas weed eaters. So, so as one company said, we're going to have to have like 100 weed eaters sets of batteries on the truck because they won't last that long. You know, I mean, I've used an electric weed eater. They're nice for a small job. But if this is your job all day long, you're going to be burning through battery packs all day long with an inefficient transfer of energy to the battery to your unit. And you got to keep changing them and changing them. And they don't have, a lot of them don't have the power yet that you may need. But no, but no, we're going to, we're going to go out there and and ban and ban that because that's going to save the planet from, you know, turning into a great big ball of fire. Because, you know, we're, we got these gasoline powered SUVs and, you know, we eat beef and, and those two things are going to just destroy the planet. But whatever they do in China is just fine. No, but China doesn't doesn't hurt the the environment. You know, you you look at the hypocrisy, the level of unmitigated hypocrisy from the earth, you know, in the lurch people, as Rush Limbaugh used to call them years ago, earth in a lurch. And you you start looking at the real numbers and you start really analyzing things and the things they never talk about that happen to coincide with our temperature variations over periods like 30, 40, 50, or 100 or 200 years. How many times have you heard people talk about sunspot activity? Well, when the sun is really, really active, our Earth gets a wee bit warmer. And when we go into a solar minima, the earth gets a little bit cooler. We've known that for a long time. But see, that's not allowed to be a part of the equation or even discussed on Facebook. You know, the new Meta Corporation, M-E-T-A, Meta. The virtual world. And if you've ever found that video of Mark Zuckerberg walking around with his big goggles on in his virtual world, it's scary. When we had uh, a while back Timothy Gales on on a regular basis, our schedules of late have just been so in conflict with his job, the work that I'm doing, trying to find a time where the two of us can actually connect together to do a radio show has not been easy, but we're going to do it soon. He and I talked about this fusion of, of mankind to technology. And a lot of people have got theories, and I don't buy a lot of them. Because, you know, I'm in the technical world. But I can understand the virtual reality aspect of all of this. We've been doing this stuff and playing with it in video games for for decades. And every year as our technology gets a little bit better and our screens and goggles look a little bit more lifelike, we get closer to that virtual world. And, And I think the way, and maybe this will help you out. You know, a lot of people are afraid of technology. And I don't blame them. 
with some of the weird stuff that goes on in this world. I, I don't blame you. But, you know, be not afraid. Fear not. What I'm concerned about with the virtual world, it's, it's not a world that I'm ever going to live in. I'm 67 years old. I prefer the real world. I've lived in the real world since the day I was born. And I don't need to put on a pair of goggles and disappear into Never Never Land, thinking that I'm with all of my friends and not actually being fully interactive with them on a totally human level. See, the real danger and the, and the way the virtual world is, can work, both negative and positive, you know, there's some good things, but there's a lot of dangerous things we need to understand. All technology has a risk factor of how you can, you know, use it wrong. I mean, the Internet's a wonderful place, but pornographers and porn sites take about 30% of all the bandwidth worldwide. Pornography, 30% of all Internet traffic is porn. So a good technology can be used for something evil. Anything can. The virtual world that Mark Zuckerberg envisions, because, hey, let's let's be honest. Mark Zuckerberg, well, a lot of people consider, you know, only old people use Facebook now. You know, only the old people. You know, grandma and grandpa, people over 40, over 50, over 70, and some in their 80s, they use Facebook. They got into it just to keep track of their grandkids and family and friends. No big deal. A lot of us did. You know, I'll be honest, back in 2009, I didn't have a Facebook account. I didn't have a Twitter account, and I could have cared less about either one. But I took a job when I took a sabbatical away from ministry, and I just was not wanting to be on the radio. Just a very, very difficult time in my life personally. And I took a job in emergency management as a public information officer. So guess what? Now I've got to start learning all this new social media stuff. By that time, MySpace was kind of, you know, a flash in the pan and going away. And Facebook was beginning to rise as the dominant connection point. And then, you know, 144-character Twitter at that time. And I needed to find a way to use that to, you know, keep people informed if we have, you know, bad weather warnings, tornadoes, a natural disaster, um, things of that nature where you can say, hey, there's been a, there's been a big pileup on Interstate 85. Avoid using the northbound lanes north of exit 19 or something. You know, you want to be able to use text messaging and, and social media as, a, as another way to get the word out. So there's nothing wrong with it. And for the longest time, Facebook, you know, they allowed you to pretty well speak your mind freely as long as you weren't threatening. But see, every year over the past four years, they've gotten a little bit tighter, a little bit more controlling of what you can say. And, you know, I, two years ago, I could have debated you on the internet, on Facebook about climate change. Not anymore. They're feckless, faceless fact checkers, which are nothing more than opinionated people. They're not fact checkers. They said that in a court of law. They're really not facts. They're just opinions but they're the opinions that Facebook likes. You can't debate something. They're, they're saying, no, no, it's a done deal. Climate change is real. 
the election wasn't stolen, and the vaccine and wearing a face diaper will stop COVID-19 cold in its tracks. Well, here we are a year later, and I remember when when Dr. Fraud Fauci once said, when we get to like, you know, 55, 60% immunity, either by natural or vaccinated, hey, this pandemic is just going to fade away. All right, here we are. Well, then we got to 70% vaccination and close to 80 and, and even higher in some places. It's not working. People are getting infected at best. And, and I, I read these stats on a regular basis at best. The most I can see happening is for a limited window, for a limited window, not forever, not for a year, not for nine months, probably not even six months, probably even less, it may reduce the severity of your symptoms, but at what cost? And see, that's, that's the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. What cost? I shared, shared that story before. We are seeing unprecedented levels in younger men who are vaccinated having heart issues, people having strokes, there's been, there's been a negative effect on human reproduction in women. But we can't talk about that. It's all about we must be vaccinated like the Macrones of this world. We're going to make your life miserable. You'll be unemployed, starving in your home, no nothing. I'm waiting for the day they take your electricity away because unvaccinated don't deserve electricity or food or medicine or treatment or anything even if you've never had or spread COVID, you're unworthy because you're not complying. Now, at the beginning of the program, I I said I'm going to explain some other terms. I talked about the cult of COVID. And it is a cult. It It wants to dominate you as a religion. And they want to dominate religion. I mean, there are some of these woke, uh, pro, LGBTQ, transgender, whatever, uh, flavor of the month churches out there, and I've seen on their sign, "Welcome to worship with the fully vaccinated only." You know, I mean, they're they're making that a vaccination club. I wonder if Jesus needs to be vaccinated there as well. But then again, I digress. I mentioned the other part of this equation. I call them the mass Covidians, and I. I I felt weird about the first time I ever, in, in my emergency management work way back in 2020, we had this recommendation that, you know, when we're meeting in certain places, we would wear a face mask. And I, you know, I did it because we did it. And, and I didn't, I hadn't done any research one way or the other. So I'm just assuming that somebody knows something that I don't. And I started doing a little bit of investigating and they, they were sharing this wonderful video about somebody coughing into a Petri dish uh, with and without a face covering and how the next day there was more bacteria in the uncovered versus the covered. And they're trying to imply that's how it works with a virus, but that doesn't work that way. A virus is one one thousandth the size of bacteria, which is a living organism. What's a virus going to do in a Petri dish? Can't replicate there. But bacteria sure can. 
So it was a it was a false equivalency to persuade people to wear a face covering. Now, what do we know about him? I started doing research in 2020, just out of curiosity to find out the effectiveness and what kind. And I learned a few things. And I learned that 90% of what people were wearing were worthless. As even the person at the CDC said, I'm trying to remember her name, or was saying they're like face decorations. Most of these cloth things, it is face decorations. But they're also unhealthy. They grow bacteria. They absorb bacteria. They form bacterial colonies. They can cause problems on, your, on, the, on the skin of your face. They can lower your oxygen level in the blood. They can raise the CO2 level. It can be a danger to a pregnant woman to have a face covering on because it lowers the oxygen needed in her bloodstream to go to the growing baby inside of her and can cause harm. But no, we dutifully put on our face diapers and prayed around like we're doing something about the virus. And people of these things, I have been vaccinated. You know, we're being divided between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you can't get vaccinated, and I'm not going to tell you that you're getting the mark of the beast. I get that one sent to me all the time. And, and there are certain aspects of Scripture that would defy that, but it would show you a nice precursor of how many people probably would, even if they knew what it was for. See, let me just put it this way. If you are a non-believer, if you're not a Christian, and all you care about is yourself, and your religion is humanism, it's easy to become a mass Covidian because this life is all you got. And you'll do anything to protect that life you have for as long as you can, no matter how absurd it may sound on the surface. More harm than good from face diapers. Well, I've been on a rant today, and I hope this may have stirred a few things. We'll get into some other issues, and if you have questions, let me know. Maybe I can research a topic and get you the information you need that's credible. Do you believe in our ministry here at Truth to Ponder? Would you consider helping pay for the airtime? If you would, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and mail it to 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. We are in Crestview, Florida, and the zip code 3 Two five three six. By the way, you can support us from the website as well. Tomorrow, we'll be back with our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, some additional topics. And as always, I try to end the week with some real hope that I hope you can grasp onto. Until then, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.